Hi, welcome to uh, our, our first initial podcast titled, perhaps, mm-hmm. Yelling, Screaming into the Abyss? Uh, screaming, Shouting into the shouting Abyss, the abyss. Or, clearly we're not, we're not quite there yet on the title. Right, or the brouhaha. Brouhaha, and the, one of the ideas was to actually combine those two right. using uh, the colon... Like it's a like the it's a thesis punctuation like a mark colon Steve right, right. that okay English teacher that would draw the two things together, and it really it could work either way. But would you have a brouhaha into an abyss? I mean, does one one connotates a kind of boisterousness? The abyss just swallows everything up. Yeah, that's true. The um, shouting part is more the brouhaha part. Okay, you know, brouhaha into the abyss. chaotic uh, tumult. <laughs> Okay. Tumbling into nothingness, which means that the entire project is pretty much meaningless. Speaking of, uh, of we're going to go, we're going to move forward. Anyway. I'm Steve Drypush. Oh, I'm Tom Kucharski. Yeah, we are teachers who think we know quite a bit of about a lot don't of things. Don't know anything at don't. all. Probably not really <laughs> not so at much. all. Not at all. But Steve is particularly adept at U.S. history, so we thought we'd start by really examining a bunch of different topics. Within the U.S. history, history context, well, in the, in the current current political context, right? Current political, yeah. looking at context, that kind of stuff, and so uh, we got a title for the overall. Yeah, and watch your hand movements, by the way. Thing you you he, he, you you are part Italian. Yeah, it's not the Polish that does the hand movements. I can't, sure. you know, if the microphone can actually pick up hand movements, <laughs> it might. It, I think it there's gets wind the currents. Waves. <laughs> I'm worried you're going to knock it over. That's what I'm worried about. Try to steer clear of it. (laughs) Although, after another beer, I can't. can't, uh... (laughs) Just don't knock the microphone over. Anyway, uh, so the title of this episode is, we think, Death Rose of the Republic. Right, right. So what we're looking at is whether or not the current context, which everybody is all up uh, up in arms about, is really a kind of seminal moment in American history and... You know, I guess the the point would be, if it's a seminal moment, it would be nice to notice while it's happening. <laughs> you know, as opposed to like uh-huh. twenty years from now saying, "Well, now that I'm living, you know, in a in the street, um, mm-hmm. eating uh, corn kernels out of uh, you know out of the corn gutter." Kernels. Yeah. The gu- are, there, are there corn kernels in the gutter <laughs> in the future? You know, I live in North Evanston. There, <laughs> I don't. I do too. I don't see corn there, kernels in the gutters on a regular very, basis. We have very classy gutters, so. Uh, that's uh, don't don't mess with my truth, Steve. Dreyfus. So this is so this is the sign of a classy gutter yeah. is the presence of corn kernels. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so uh, that's good to know. I think having a sense of yeah, having a sense of the times we live in um, is sort of important, right? Um, and so that's that's what we're trying to figure out. And that, you know, the the context also for us is we talk about this anyway, so why not? Just, right. Uh, and we think it's fascinating. Yeah. Why not just push it into the void? Right. <laughs> as of a uh, podcast or mm-hmm. whatever it is you call these kinds of projects. Yeah, Grandpa, they're they're podcasts. Thank you. That's what you call Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, you can, I'm older you can, than Steve. Yeah. Just <laughs> you never know by so many. Other ways of well maturity, guessing. yeah, yeah. Right. I'm more mature. How old is that phone? Speaking of old, your your it's cell phone. It's quite old. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's we're, I think it's in its seventh year. It's got it's, it's got a rotary year. dial on it. <laughs> it's a really great phone. <laughs> you can send a text message, and it will actually send um, within a fifteen to thirty minute period. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why you don't using up my the text. entire ba- battery. <laughs> so I'm actually very careful about the text messages. <laughs> that's. <laughs> 
that's that's why. So you're not ghosting me. You're just you're just saving your battery. No, no, yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> Otherwise, I won't get the more important text message later. Yeah. So my life is from whom entirely built you're around getting waiting for Godot. All right. Nobody um, wants to hear this. Yeah. I, even I don't want to hear this. Yeah. No, this is a terrible start. We maybe okay. have to start again. <laughs> Oh, no, no. All right. Wait, 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 what are we talking about? We're talking so, about meaningful, important things. Yeah, so the, the focus is going to be here. It's four minutes in, and yeah. we've gotten to the focus. I think we do need to start. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, so the idea is... Uh-huh. Um, Death Rose of the Republic. De- Death Rose of the Republic, and kind of break it down in the areas. And, of course, today was the big day when uh, we can all be very proud that... A, a um, idiotic white male um, uh, party animal uh, jack. He's like something out of Porky. <laughs> God. He, he really he's a walking yeah, caricature yeah. of a 1980s yeah, yeah. teen movie. Got it's a, kind of amazing. So there he is, 50 to 48. He's on the Supreme Court, or he's going. He's going. Um, and so the, 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 the question becomes, is this a signal of some larger catastrophe? And so trying to, again, trying to get the context for it, um, it made me think a little bit about uh, a, a verb that's actually in the language I've heard this week that I don't know enough about, and that is the, the concept of being borked. Not boofed. Not boofed. That's different. Not devil. Devil's triangle. I, I didn't understand half of those. I felt really bad. <laughs> well, again. Like he said, well, it all meant drinking. And I'm like, God, that, wow, that, that means drinking. Well, you, well you, for you, everything means drinking. Uh, yeah. So I, you I, I was easy. like, that part and you bought. then I hear after that everybody's like, no, no, devil's triangle means like, like something, some big sex thing. Mm. I had no idea. Mm. I felt left out by a Brett Kavanaugh. He, yeah. was, he was cooler than I. Well, and we're, you're about the same age. Yeah, and we're about the same age. You probably age. did. And you also are a fellow graduate of Catholic school. That's true. Not Georgetown Prep. No, no I, was, <laughs> I was not a Georgetown Prep. <laughs> I was uh, schooled by Jesuit wolves. Uh, they were actually animals. <laughs> are they blessed by the Pope like they the basilicas? Blessed wolves. Blessed wolves. Yes. Nice. Um, and they did... T- <laughs> I was going to say they tear at our flesh, but these days with the Catholic Church, you got to be careful, be careful about the kind of yeah. phrasing that you use. So anyway, um, so the, the 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 word was borked, right? So right. The, this idea that Kavanaugh was getting borked, yeah, um, which uh, isn't boofed or no. devil triangled or right. any of those kinds of mm-hmm. things. So it, um, I was curious if you could give us some context around borking. Right. That so, would be so this and and what's what's notable about this is that the, you do get two very different narratives. I think depending on which party you're looking at about the the judicial confirmation wars. Mm-hmm. And for Republicans, the yeah the prime mover was the the Bork the Bork rejection. Yes. <laughs> you don't like prime. You, you, you object I, I to the idea of being a prime I mover. I object to the phrase prime mover is being it, mo- used in this trivial way. I mean, that's, it, that's that was the, also in Kavanaugh's that's yearbook. The beginning. That was, of, it was right alongside Devil's Triangle. Really, <laughs> prime mover. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Prime mover. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, that's also a drinking game. Thomas Aquinas. That's not Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, that, those. I mean, those were guys who suffered for knowledge. This guy. <laughs> you don't think he suffered? I don't think he suffered. And he. By he, the way, he threw up all the time. That's not comfortable. <laughs> true. That's the kind of suffering. He's supposed to be a bright guy. Yeah. Like he went to Yale and shit. Yeah, but he, he had his he had his legacy. Grandpa went there. Oh, did it? Oh, oh, yeah, is yeah. that how yeah. that works? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. how, that's how it works. So I didn't go to Yale. Um, I didn't have a grandpa that went there. 
I didn't go to Yale because I in no way was qualified to go to <laughs> Yale. But uh, uh, back to Bork. Yes, Bork. So this was a, a mid-80s Reagan right. guy. Right. Uh, and the well, why was he rejected? So he was at the time. I think there were there were two big arguments why he was rejected. Yeah. One, they said that his his jurisprudence was out of the mainstream, and I think that was the first time that was really even used as an argument in confirmation hearings. That there is somehow a mainstream of judicial thought, and he was outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they had an up or down vote, and he was he lost, and there were both Republicans and Democrats that voted against him. A lot of people, I think, also were. Against him because he was he had been Nixon's hatchet man. He was the guy on the Saturday mm-hmm. Night Massacre who fired the Archibald Cox, the special prosecutor, when nobody where nobody else would. Right, Nixon had to fire like two people to get to Bork before Bork was finally willing to do it. He was, I think, the Solicitor General. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. fired like uh, Rickleshaus and uh, I forget who else. Yeah. Uh, blanking, but anyway, Saturday Massacre. Saturday right? Massacre. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and that's why I think he was rejected was for those reasons. But, but so you Republicans think it was more have, political than it was more. I think it was both. Originalist. I don't think I think it's in, in, they're inseparable. Yeah. You know, I think they were they were very closely bound together. And he had some pretty he had had some pretty wacky stuff on record about yeah. you know being anti this you know uh, Brown versus Board of Education and that kind of thing. Yeah. But what's what's interesting? Yeah, anti civil rights. I right. think I read that mm-hmm. somewhere where he was like. No, we should go back before 1964. But what was interesting was he went up there and, and said basically like, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that. Yeah, yeah, and and the Senate was like, "Well, well, you can't have that. That's yeah. not okay." Yeah. And then after that, the 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 the, the nominees became far more sort of the, the the Roberts approach of, "Oh, I'm just an umpire calling balls and strikes. Yeah, I yeah. can't possibly talk about something that might come before the court." You know, not saying anything because they were afraid that they were going to get the the Bork treatment. Yeah. Um, which although. You know, Guys which people like, pay a lot of money for, by the way, in certain countries. <laughs> the, Bork the, the Bork treatment yeah. um, it hurts. It just hurts. <laughs> so I've been told. The the guys who followed, though, I mean, now I'm kind of curious whether you know Scalia went through a confirmation hearing. Not he did. Much and he, after I think he was Bork. he was like 98 nothing. I think he was, he yeah. was confirmed or something. So I wonder what if that was the first one where the guy just refused to say who he really was. But he certainly had a record of writing yeah. and so on. And then Alito, right? Um, uh, the so it, it kind of opened the door. Like Bork didn't get on, but he sort of opened the door for this whole originalist ideology, which. It, it, you know, on the surface, for somebody who doesn't really know anything, for me, the it, it seems to me that the originalist thing doesn't make any sense. Like well, you're not you, an originalist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. If I just were would commit to it, then I <laughs> yeah, would understand. It's, 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 it's justification by yes, faith. Yes, no question about it. Yes. No question about it. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like. Do you believe in the literal truth of the Bible? The Bible's the word of God. If you don't, then you know what are you doing? You can't, and, and if you want to talk to somebody who is, but you got to talk them out of it. It's it either yeah. is or it isn't. Well, the idea of something being frozen in time. So, the Bible. If you got something that's mythic, then right. clearly it wasn't even intended to be believed in literally. Well, that's or, that's an interesting know, question. It is right? an argument, right. we'll anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this thing is, um, you know, it, it was a document that they intended to reverberate over time. And they... They, they built it an amendment process. They weren't, yeah. except... Yeah, they weren't, they weren't 
expecting it to be it, it wasn't intended to be mythic in any way it's theological in any way <laughs> um, and so I get the idea that you want to be respectful of the document but the whole idea of being an originalist you know that somehow 21st century issues can be interpreted through the lens of an 18th, 18th century document seems patently ridiculous well I think it's it's, it, it's a question of whether is this even do the people really believe it Right, I mean, the people who say they're originalists, they really believe in originalism, or is it just basically a bunch of shit to justify whatever uh, they want to say? Right, so you're, you don't think it has much intellectual. I, mean, I, I don't. I, I look. I'm not a constitutional scholar, right? I mean, yeah. I know all kinds of things, but I. That's an interesting I mean, what, question. Yeah, what, I mean, what, would, what would the founding fathers have said about dark money? I mean, really? So you're, you're yeah. going to argue as an originalist that, the, that Citizens United makes sense? In what context could that possibly make sense? Either for or against. It's 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 a whole different environment, a different world. They didn't have that kind of mass media we have. Right, right. They didn't have the concentrations of wealth that we had. I mean, they had they had plenty of arguments about the role of money in politics, I guess, but not in that context. Well, did they, is the idea of originalism then basically this notion that because there's an amendment process built into the Constitution, let the legislature take care of all the timeliness issues. And so if, if you... Or amend the, the Constitution. Right, or amend exactly. The Constitution. Right. And so let them bring forth amendments, which will then allow the Constitution but to be... We're getting, we're getting off track, because Kavanaugh was not opposed because he's originalist. I don't think that came up at all. And I don't even think he is an originalist necessarily. I thought the beginning of the the hearings. I thought that was a uh, that was his intellectual kind of. I mean, he tilt. might claim that because that's sort of the main, the big, you know, wet dream of the Republican Party right yeah, now is, yeah. is this originalist dominated court. But that was I think that and none of the hearings. It didn't come up in any of the hearings I heard about. I don't think that's what people are are hot and bothered. No, about. no, certainly not now. No, I'm just curious in terms of a larger. Because I do believe, and maybe this is a good turn, turning point in this, I do believe that um, uh, a lot of the noise about the, the nomination you know, of the last week and a half is, um, is apart from the big idea that could really screw us over. Like the, the fact that... What you had were two people, who who you know had a, apparently a really uh, um, bizarre encounter. And, you're talking, uh, you're talking about Ford and Kavanaugh, right? right. A, a violent encounter uh, way back in the day, and mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy whose character seems at best problematic, right? At least when he was in his youth. Um, to me, uh, because I really prefer to not have a, a, a um, an attempted rapist on the Supreme Court. Well, now you're being so specific. I mean, <laughs> that, come on. That's... That to me, and the fact that the way he reacted right. to Ford's testimony right. or to the entire idea of a hearing mm-hmm. was so out of whack, it just seemed obvious. It, my my opposition to him on, on a very superficial level was just about his temperament. Right. Um about the probability that he did do what Ford said that he did. And then finally, at the base of it, this, this originalist issue. But I'm concerned that the originalist issue is the thing that's actually going to reverberate beyond. But why? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see, I, I, don't just, I just don't see this as being about originalism. 
Yeah. I just don't. I, I mean, look. But what about the court? Like the next issue that comes up. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna throw that. You're gonna hear that word over and over again. But they'll, they'll as come they up with whatever justification. They, five, four, six, three. So okay. So 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. This is always my position about the Supreme Court. There's been there's been sort of an argument in present American life for mm-hmm. most of my adult life, which is that mm-hmm. the court at least aspires and probably is some sort of you know a group of 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 magistrates that are like stationed in the clouds somewhere where they are able to read the tea leaves and appropriately ascertain the true judicial nature of the blah blah blah. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, the Supreme Court has been a fundamental political body that has sought to advance the interests of whichever political party mm-hmm. the majority of justices have been aligned with. John Marshall is a Federalist. He served as the Chief Justice long after the Federalist Party didn't even fucking exist anymore. Mm-hmm. After Alexander Hamilton, you know, ate Aaron Burr's bullet, he was still there. Mm-hmm. And he was constantly a thorn in the side of the Democratic Republicans for the next 20 years, mm-hmm. to which there wasn't a damn thing they could do about it. And so long after federalism had died out as a philosophy, he was still there, you know, talking about decisions that ended up reinforcing federalist ideas of how the government should run. Mm-hmm. That's from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That has never changed. Oh, and, you yeah. know, the, the court has always been a political body that I think, with extremely rare exceptions, which we'll get to in a minute, have sought to protect the interests of the powerful, powered and moneyed classes, which kind of makes sense because who's on the damn court? Yeah. How do you get to be on the court? So... You know, you have the rare exception, which to me is is the Warren Court, which everyone kind of remembers yeah. because it was such a fundamental shift from what had come before. And then because conservatives all this country basically went fucking apeshit because mm-hmm. the court was now suddenly siding on the side of the poor and the powerless and minorities, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they swore they were going to they were going to take it back from these activist judges. And I think all they've done really is restore the court to the more it's reverted to the mean it's reverted to the way it's traditionally been through 90 percent of american history which is a guardian of the interests of the powerful money classes mm-hmm. and i don't think philosophy's got a damn thing to do with it mm-hmm. and i don't think that the, the you know you could have had mr rogers up there uh you know but planning to vote the way kavanaugh's going to vote and the democrats would have voted the same fucking way they would have been just as opposed to him right. and you would have been and i would have been too because it's not it's not about any of that stuff and that's the thing that that, that frustrated me a little bit about the democrats claiming that it was about his, uh, you know, his lack of being able to be nonpartisan, right? Oh, well, he let the mask drop. He went on this partisan screed, Kavanaugh did. Mm-hmm. And now, well, we can't trust him to be impartial. Who fucking trusted this guy to be impartial <laughs> from the beginning? I mean, really? Yeah. I, I, he was going to call balls and strikes? So you're Come saying on. basically originalism is another one of those superficial uh, uh, to me, contexts to me, as I, opposed I, to... A, a, a philosophical, uh, yeah, I don't buy it. Center, I don't buy from it. which they actually make decisions. Well, I mean, Bush v. Gore. Where is that in originalism? I mean, the originalists had no problem stopping the recount in Florida in two thousand on some kind of trumped up, you know, equal protection nonsense, which they said wouldn't even apply to future cases. Yeah, yeah. How is that originalist? Whatever originalist could possibly mean, it's not. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying this as much as I loathe the Republican Party and I see it as sort of the nexus of evil. I don't think that they're sort of unique in this approach the court is is fundamentally another tool in the in, in the toolbox of political parties True, trying but it, but their a, their agenda it's a tool though that that has this extra veneer of respect right like gore <laughs> yeah, which is bullshit <laughs> well but, gore you know. packed up his stuff and told everybody yeah that it's, it's well, over what choice five did he have four. what choice did he have i did protests you know people I know a lot of people are very passionate about (laughs) going out there to 
<laughs> with their pitchforks uh, to defend Al Gore. Um, you know, you know, we laugh because both of us are, are old enough to remember that. But you know what? People were out there with their fucking pitchforks for W. Yeah, they, uh, they, and they, it was all they were all you know ginned up, paid RNC people. But man, they trotted those guys out. You remember they were out there protesting in front of the. Yeah, in front of yeah, the yeah. vice president's house, right? Yeah. Get out of get out of uh, Cheney's house, and they yeah. were protesting in Florida. They had no problem putting on the show, right, mm-hmm. and trotting people out. But but and that's the other thing: the Democrats, man. Oh, we're getting we're getting far afield. They they just they, they're playing a different game, and it's not the right game. They've well, been no, playing a different game. So for to bring it years. back to the, this past week, um, why in God's name? Given the so politically, just in a political context, mm-hmm. and maybe we come back to originalism, maybe not, because I, I do I'm interested in that. But the, the, is I'm interested in the historical document and and how we think about that. I mm-hmm. think it is different from a religious, you know. It, oh, no, yeah, it was a sim, it's a simplistic. Thing. Yeah, no, I, but it's different in an interesting way. It'd be worth looking at. But the um, in, in bringing it back to the actual events of the week. Why would the Democrats get so obsessed over an FBI <laughs> report that they knew wasn't going to be, wasn't going to get them very far, that in fact would give cover to some of the Republicans right. so that they could say, hey, there was an FBI report, you know, and, and um, you know, yeah. feign, you know, thank God nothing really significant came out of it when they knew nothing significant was going to come out of it. Or if it did, that it would just not make it see the light of day. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know. Yeah. So having Trump's White House send the FBI out there um, to go look mm-hmm. into the, and then granted, the FBI and Trump isn't, aren't exactly uh, um, um, working, you know, extremely well together. But you knew in a week that this was just going to provide cover. So I don't understand when Kavanaugh himself I mean, looked like a freak. Okay, so and this, so here's, here's that, the whole... That was the but reason. That's right, but this is, this is the death rose of the Republic thing. This is what makes... This is what's really interesting about this shit. We, let's, let's, actually, let's leave yeah. the Democrats aside for a minute, okay. right? And their bizarre approach to this whole thing. The Republicans could have, and people... I mean, I'm not coming up with this, right? But, but the Republicans could have withdrawn Kavanaugh yeah. And had a list of 10 other shitheads who were going to vote the same freaking way he's going to vote, doing the same things he would he's going to do. And they could have trotted him out, or her, for like Amy Coney Barrett, gotten the same vote, maybe even a few extra votes, and yeah. confirmed them, and not dealt with all this nonsense. From a purely political perspective, to me, that is clearly the way they should have gone. No, there was, I mean, this works so well for them. How? Like the Democrats could not have had this work out worse. Now you got a ton of energized Republicans. Right. Trump's rating went up ten points this week. What you mean? His, his like his approval rating. His approval rating because he made fun of this woman. Oh God! It's true. <laughs> this could not have worked out worse. So they get obsessed about this. And they give all these Republicans cover. So mm-hmm. when the FBI comes out and says, "Well, yeah, we really you know right. thirty five years ago it was really hard to find stuff." So what do the Democrats do differently then? The, what they do is they 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 campaign against the guy. Right. You know, uh, yeah, you you can you don't need the FBI to say that this woman's more believable than this guy. Right. You you also don't need the FBI to challenge this guy politically for how he reacted to right. this stuff. You know, everybody made fun of Lindsey Graham for just But I don't think did they, I mean who made fun of say everybody. Democrats might have made fun of Lindsey yeah. Graham. I heard that I heard that when it happened. I was listening on the radio, right? And 
I was disgusted and appalled. And uh, did you now everyone's heard what he what he said? Yeah. Did you, did, were you listening to the actual broadcast? No. I heard the it next after. the next guy to talk was Sheldon Whitehouse. Yeah. You know the Democrat from yeah. Rhode Island. Yeah. And, and Kavanaugh was very combative with him. Right. So 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 Lindsey Graham lets off this 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 diatribe, this yeah. screed, right? Yeah. Which was to me, uh, everyone's like, oh, it was grandstanding, whatever. It was really fucking effective. I mean, it was really, it was really clear. I mean, maybe he was completely full of shit. I, I don't know, but it, it's it, completely it, full of but shit. But you know what? It sounded genuine. It sounded like he really oh, believed he it. He worked himself up. He could, that that was like well, but you know, you can work. You work yourself up all the time. That's true. And you believe and it. And half most the time, time, I believe it. Well, <laughs> but you know what? The other half of the time, you come to believe it by the end. Yeah, by the end. Wait a minute, actually. That's kind of right about that. Yeah, no, I that, just you started can out see awful that shit. happening to Lindsey Graham. Like, towards the end of it, he's like, hey, wait a Yeah, yeah. Another thing. I actually do believe this. That other guy who started speaking, he's got a lot of good things to say. Yeah, what is Hey, oh. Well, all right, all right. It's just a horrible situation. So, all right, be that as it may, be that as it may. So so he gives, he, go, he he finishes this yeah right Sheldon Whitehouse is, is ready to speak it's quiet and he says he says all right I'm I'm just gonna let that settle for a minute to which Grassley says should we should we take like a sixty second recess to which Whitehouse is like no 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 it's okay oh dear God and then he goes into and says so Judge Kavanaugh why are you opposed to an F- whatever nonsense he was he didn't. Uh, I don't know. So he even just counted off his time. Just and, and didn't just even, to settle down. And didn't even acknowledge that uh, what he just heard was insane, bullshit, out of the realms of what Senate protocols, anything at all. And so, again, Democrats appear that they just let themselves get railroaded, bullshit, you know, steamrolled. Well, are they... Without any or, response. And this, is, this speaks to the death rose idea. Are they or are they just co-opted into this mess? Like, for them, um, for so long, the Republicans got used to being an oppositional party. Um, And by so long, I mean... But they were oppositionally when they were in power. Exactly. That's the whole Reagan philosophy. Exactly. The government's the problem. Right. But um, I I think they, they kind of perfected that, and they found their reason for being in that. And um, I, I think the Democrats... Uh, I, I think what you're seeing is kind of the truth about the Democrats in that context. I don't think that they necessarily believe in, like, like the Republicans were able to define them in a way that that would result in them uh, a, a powerful resistance kind of sensibility. I think the Democrats not only are unable to define themselves in opposition to the Republicans. But ultimately, they were so closely aligned to what are actual Republican governing positions anyway mm. um, that, that they really don't have a lot that's different to say. The one context in which they seem to have You're more like of a, a Green Party guy. Well, it, it, a more social democratic perspective would be mm-hmm. somebody like Bernie. Yeah, um, I, but that's, I, I don't think he would say that they're that co-opted to the point where they don't have a different philosophy or a different approach. I think man, they do. it's hard to find it in there. I, I don't I, like. I don't find a difference in certainly. I mean, and now we're off topic because no, this no, didn't not, have anything not. to do because, with because uh, this is, no, the this, is, this is all. But this is all. This is the death throes, right? Because 
what the Republican Party seems to have acknowledged or realized or decided is not only does the does the the government is the problem philosophy of obstructionism sort of work as both a governing mm-hmm. and a governing philosophy, it's that they will use whatever means and say whatever they need to say and do whatever they need to do to win. It's really that simple. Whatever winning is for them, whether that mm-hmm. means getting Kavanaugh on the court, getting W in the presidency, getting a tax cut passed, they will get, keeping Garland off the court. They will do what they got to do. And consequences be damned. And they certainly don't give a shit about hypocrisy. Because they got up there and were like, wow, you're slowing down this process. You're a bunch of obstructionists. How dare you delay Judge Judge uh, Kavanaugh, his rightful hearing. These same people who not even two years ago had no problem keeping a seat empty for a year. And without any shame. Without, you know, they, they will do and say whatever it takes. The Democrats... Maybe it's because they still fundamentally have this idea that government should work and do things for people. And so they're sort of either unable or unwilling or, or something well, that's to sort of thing. get down in the gutter. It's the whole Michelle Obama, we go, they go low, we go high shit. But that don't work. It's clearly, clearly doesn't work. Instead, you just end up looking like you're, you stand for nothing at best or worse. You're the 90-pound weakling who's getting the sand kicked in your face in Beach Week by Judge Kavanaugh and his buddies. And you're just going to go crying home to mama. Or and you're co-opted into, into uh, co-opted system. co-opted by whom? The, the, uh, I, I think by the class context of this country. But then, they wouldn't, the then you wouldn't have had 48 or 49 votes against Kavanaugh. I mean, the Democrats yeah, but that's were not safe, pretending. Well, and, and that's why I say this is off topic. Because I think the Supreme Court is a little bit different. Because I think if Democrats stand for anything, and that is a really big if, then it's... it's um, uh, uh, rights, uh, women's rights, and mm-hmm. abortion, and that kind of stuff—stuff stuff that is really central to the Supreme Court. Um, if you think about what Democrats stand for, aside from the Supreme Court, you know, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see what your list is because <laughs> what I hear them saying sounds pretty damn Republican. I, I don't yeah. see where they're coming up with anything, like. What the hell? We just we we had, and I don't want to get too much into this because now we're way off topic. But after ten years or eight years of Arne Duncan in education, you right, know, where did right. that get us? After all those years of welfare reform, where did that get us? These are these are Democrat right. innovations. <laughs> um, right. You know, the whole ch- charter school movement. Um, people think of that as as a clearly Republican ro- movement, and Betsy DeVos. Right. That Arne Duncan was significantly behind that. Right. And that's Talking about Obama's gotta, Secretary of Education. Yes. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so the city of Chicago is choking on these worth, not worthless, but these problematic charter schools. Right. And so I, I think the Democratic Party, maybe this is a good moment for them in that it helps them come to stand for something. But I'll tell you, the Republican Party, the thing that I, I, I really am amazed by it, I would not have been able to predict is I thought, same as you, I thought, just go to the next person on the list. Right. But instead, they were like, no, we're going to stand up for this Kavanaugh guy just to be assholes. It felt <laughs> like that's what they were doing. Well, I think that is what they Because they did. could have easily just said, just go away. Right. Everybody would have forgotten this right. guy. Right. It wouldn't have had anything to do with the midterm right. elections. I don't know what they're worried right. about. They could press through somebody in three weeks if they wanted. Right. Or they could Especially do an a woman? Session. Are you kidding? Well, in the lame duck session. I mean, that's like McConnell would have felt bad, even if the Republicans somehow lost the Senate. Yeah, but they, no, they would have had a great candidate, and they could have argued that they destroyed our other candidate. We have a you know, great candidate. So, I mean, so then if it's just a great big fuck you if it's just a, then, then that's political though that's what that's what sells he's out at these rallies now our yeah. president <laughs> yes he is and he's getting all kind of support around the most vile kind right. of 
political nastiness that you could possibly imagine. Right. Uh, like I said, the 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 his his approval ratings have gone up. Republicans are energized. Republic. <laughs> we were worried. We were worried. We were hoping that they weren't even going to go to the polls with this catastrophe with the idiot president. They're 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 going to go. They're all energized. You got a bunch of white men. Who, they're victims. <laughs> who, who are both victims and victors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they've managed to, to cast themselves as victims and yet feel the great happiness of a victor. Uh, it's uh, quite a combination. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really wonderful. It's quite the, <laughs> the beautiful you thing know, that we but, got but, Okay, but I'm I would not... not be surprised. I, th- I didn't think there was any way the Democrats were going to win the Senate anyway. They might not win the House. No, you're, I, think, I think you're overdoing it. Here's, here's the thing. Well, we got time. I mean, there's time, and this country's got no attention span. But look, this bears repeating. And again, death rows. Most Americans did not want Kavanaugh confirmed. Poll after poll showed that. The majority of Americans were opposed to his confirmation. Yeah. More Americans voted for Hillary Clinton than for Donald Trump. By a lot. The senators who voted to confirm Kavanaugh represented a significant minority of this country rather than a majority. In terms of the, the populations of the states, right? The Republican agenda in poll after poll shows a, a marked weakness compared to the Democratic agenda. This is a true minority ruling government. This is not a government of the majority. Every branch is controlled by the minority, including the Supreme Court. The Republican, the Democrats, I'm sorry, the Republicans have won one election with the popular vote since 2000. One. And yet they've named like six or seven of the justices. I forget what it is now. Yeah, yeah. This no, is this really is amazing. This is a minority yeah. government. It's minority judicial. Yeah. It's minority in the Congress because of gerrymandering and voter suppression and the Senate. Well, and, and, the, the and the president and the president didn't win the popular vote because of the electoral college. This is a minority government, and that, it's been that way for some time. And there's, and there's it, it, to me, the Republicans are working to cement that, to make it so that it's fundamentally impossible for Democrats to win. Um, and that's why I talk about. That's why I think that this. You know, talk about the death throes of the republic. That's why. That's what really alarms me. That's what to me feels mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Is that is that there's a sort of an acceptance on the part of Republicans, Republican supporters that, yeah, they're the minority, but they don't give a shit. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We have, the public hates our tax bill. Fuck you. We're passing it anyway. Yeah. The public doesn't want Kavanaugh confirmed. We could pick the next guy on the list. We're not going to. So they're behaving either like a party that that doesn't care if it's going to lose elections, or they're behaving like a party that thinks it's never going to really lose an election again. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're mutually maybe they're not mutually exclusive. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's like a smash and grab philosophy. No, I, I think I think they figured out a way to win elections because the 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 system the way the system operates with it, it, you take a look at at um, how many people Republican senators represent. Mm-hmm. And versus how many people Democratic senators? Well, yeah, that's what I was just talking about, right? So, given that difference, um, they don't have to. They have to appeal to that group. Sure. And it's a smaller group. So when you say a majority of people didn't want Kavanaugh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Because the, the but then the, but but the, the idea system, is this is a theoretically a representative democracy, but it's really not. Right. It's not. And and and, and we were talking about this, you know, whole, in, in this way. It's. I mean, it, you have to go back to the idea of why Obama got elected in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and, and we have to argue our way through that. But we're at like thirty-five minutes now. And you think this is too much for people? I think this is. 
we're, we're wearing on people's patience. But why <laughs> don't we check? anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Should we take a break, eat a beer? We, we need to take a break, get a beer, and then see uh, how we would edit this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody's it, listening to this and actually has some suggestions. Yeah, yeah, because it clearly needs editing. Yeah, quite a bit. If somebody's in on the 35th minute. I'd... All right. There might be somebody. All right, get a beer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so we're back. We got, got a beer, beer. and uh, we feel we, better. Um, well, in what sense? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, so the question is, so you try to bring this to some sort of resolution. So the question from my perspective is, you know, where, where do the Democrats go from here? And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking just midterms. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we're just going to have to see how the midterms go. Maybe we'll continue to talk about that in another context. I'm thinking about... Like long term, like right. the future of the republic, you know, to to jolt us out of the death rows. Well, I don't know if we can be jolted out, but I can, I can tell you what the Republicans do would do if the shoe were on the other foot. I love that. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> but now they, that, that this this really confirmed it to me because I really do think that the whole FBI report was a was a big um, big plan, a big, big plan. Yeah, I think they came up with it like that. But I, I think they're. But then why would they? Why would so many still be opposed to it? I, mean, I think they, they're they, learning they from Trump. It. I think they're learning. Who's the, they? The, the, the McConnell and all those people. Because McConnell is, especially and Grassley and these guys, they they're like turtles. Yeah, Grassley's right? too old to learn anything. They can barely. That's Grassley. right. They can barely function. They're probably hooked up to machines. They've probably been dead for years. <laughs> Grassley's probably a hologram. So they're 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 not actually human beings. They're reptilian in this sense. So the idea that they've managed to be inspired by this goofball New Yorker president guy who just says crap off the top of his head is really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. But I think they've taken a page out of the Trump playbook. That that and, and certainly Lindsey Graham did. Well, but yeah, well, but he, that's that's a whole different story. I don't think it is. I think that, that Lindsey Graham was was on the on page one. You know, just be uh, right. be right. this relentless jerk. Grassley is playing the long game here. He's going to be dead in a year. What long game does he have to oh, play? Oh, he thinks he's going to live forever. These people always think they're going to live forever. <laughs> he's Why is be he dead in a week? Did you know? So I looked this up. I looked this up, and this is important information. <laughs> Chuck Grassley went through an election, I think, two years ago, uh-huh. which That's would right. have made him. He was lucky the same as Trump. An 83-year-old man. Running for the running for Senate and winning, knowing that he was going to be there, you know, right around age ninety. That's a man who thinks he's going to live forever. Or it's a man who understands what a sweet gig it is to serve in the U.S. Senate. <laughs> I guess, but I I, I don't know. I, I think guys like that don't like. I don't. I never understood why some of these guys would would work into their eighties. Partly, you know, because I, I you hate work. I don't know if work is the thing I would want to be doing when I'm 80 years old. But, but uh, you know, they they put up with all these people screaming at them, and they're vilified. They got two idiots talking about them in a podcast. You know, why would you want to offer yourself up to this? But it's because. And then I thought, well, it's about power. I don't think it's about power. I think they think they're going to live forever. I think that they, mm-hmm. they, they just have no sense of death. But now we're in a big kind of left That's turn on the existential we, yeah. podcast. Well, so we, to time. bring us back to... The existentialism of Dianne Feinstein <laughs> and <laughs> That's right. Chuck Grassley. There's, there's another one. It's yeah. unbelievable. She's running for election. We really have to talk. We're going to do a podcast solely around <laughs> the ages We should bring Sean Jackson people. in for that one. And, and why you know they should, they should shuffle off this mortal coil. Mm. 
But the question that that is more pertinent is, if the shoe were on the other foot, yeah, um, what would the Democrats be able to do to kind of rescue you know, this situation? Well, the Republican, you mean if the shoe were on the other foot, would the Republicans do? No, I, well, yeah, I guess it, it's how would the Democrats use Republican? Uh, well, I, I mean, I know how. Well, I think I think what McConnell would do is to clear. Fix I mean, and it's interesting because we were, you know, we talked a little bit during our, our break where we were getting beers. I, you know, we didn't talk about this, but I, I bet you, McConnell went to Trump and said, I think he did. I think McConnell went to Trump and said, just pull this guy, pull this guy and send me Barrett. You know, McConnell supposedly didn't want Kavanaugh to begin with. Supposedly really? he wasn't his top choice. At I did all. not know yeah, that. Supposedly. Yeah. I'm sure he went to Trump. And was Why lying. didn't he want Kavanaugh? Do we I think he thought it'd be too hard to get him confirmed, or harder to get him confirmed than some other people because of because of the paper trail, the, all the oh, stuff okay. he did with W White House and all that stuff, oh, torture, okay. you know, little things, <laughs> receiving stolen Democratic emails and things like that. Well, there was that whole issue about whether or not a president can be tried for anything. that too. Although I don't yeah. know that that bothered McConnell so much. Who knows? But but I would bet you. I, I just had this gut that he went to Trump at some point and said, "Just pull this guy and send me Barrett." Yeah. At which point Trump. Remove McConnell's, you know, testicles from the drawer on the desk where he keeps them. <laughs> Took one, only one, and started gently, gently squeezing it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and even though detached from McConnell's body, somehow he still feels it, which is amazing, uh, especially at that age, and said, get your ass back to the Senate. Get my man through. I'm not withdrawing him. And, and uh, you know, maybe, I mean, you're of the opinion that that was a, a brilliant maneuver. And I don't know, getting getting Kavanaugh through, right. as opposed to right. taking him out. And maybe you're right. I don't know. I think, I think I, I'm still a little more the jury's out on that. Um, but what McConnell will do if the shoe were on the other foot, which is in a whole other bizarre world, I don't think there's any question the man would just say, we're going to expand the size of the court. It's super easy to do. It's not a constitutional question. So you think the Democrats should expand the size of the court so when they have the opportunity? They'd have to have well, they'd have to have control of both houses and the presidency. And I just spent which ten is minutes not telling impossible. you last. Well, it all depends. That depends on a whole other thing. We'd have to talk about in another podcast of whether mm-hmm. they're actually going to have free and fair elections in the future. Or are they going to be counted? At, are votes going to be counted accurately? Or the Russians mm-hmm. intervene? Whatever. But yeah, in theory, anyway, mm-hmm. we had the Democrats controlling all three branches in two thousand eight. Wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago? Um, all you need is a majority of the House and the Senate, the president to sign it. Franklin Roosevelt, you know, famously tried, talked about doing this when the Supreme yeah. Court, which again, earlier I was talking about how it was constantly protecting the needs and the interests of the wealthy and powerful, they kept striking down major New Deal legislation as being unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. FDR went to the overwhelmingly Democratic-controlled House and Senate and said, uh, actually his plan to pack the court was, for every, <laughs> for every justice over the age of, I think it was 70, Mm-hmm. Um, we need to add a new justice because their workload's too heavy. And those old guys can't handle that kind of workload. God, that's brilliant. It was brilliant. Except the, the, the Congress kind of bucked and rebelled a little bit. They didn't like it. They accused them of trying to pack the court and mm-hmm. you know har- harm the checks and balances, blah, blah, blah. You know, so supposedly the, the story, the traditional story of that is FDR then backs down and it's a, it's a, it's a big loss for him. Mm-hmm. To which I say, that's complete bullshit. Because what actually ended up happening was magically within a year – Something like two or three justices decided, it's time to retire. Mm-hmm. And the others that didn't suddenly started finding things that used to be unconstitutional, magically constitutional. Because if the alternative is having the court packed and losing all of your power, right. Right. you know maybe you need to be a little more flexible. Right. Which, again, goes to my argument of the Supreme Court being a fundamentally political body. Right. Right. So right. it might not even be that, that a future imaginary you know, President uh, Warren or whoever, Warren, 
Is that the best we're going to do, Elizabeth Warren? Uh, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. Okay. But who, 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 so should we, who do we want my placeholder to be? We'll see. I, I kind of like that woman from California, Harris. Yeah, Kamala yeah, Harris. Like her. So, but so President Harris, whatever, yeah. uh, and and you know says to them, look, you know we President had President Pritzker. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so successful as governor of Illinois. Uh, he's going to let the White House just deteriorate, and then he'll have it as a tax write-off. Yeah. He, doesn't really, he doesn't own it. Yeah, he right. thinks he owns everything. He's going to have all the toilets taken out of the White House. <laughs> for those, for those of all of our thousands of listeners not in Illinois, we're talking about the Democratic candidate for governor, J.B. Pritzker, who has been revealed anyway. as having a little bit of a tax dodge. Yeah, that's going to be a great vote a for tax us. Scam. Anyway. Hey, the president can apparently... You know, drink tax fraud from his mother's milk, and yeah, it's not yeah, a problem. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, why yeah, should this be held against JB? Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, you know, it might even be the kind of thing where a, a President Harris and a court will just have to say, yeah, you know what? Uh, we had a seat stolen unconstitutionally from President Obama mm-hmm. by McConnell and the Senate Republicans. We're going to rectify that mm-hmm. by adding a, a seat to the court. To make up for that, and I'm going to nominate Garland to it, assuming he's still alive, or whoever else. It doesn't have to be Garland. And we're going to add a seat for Kavanaugh because of whatever reason they want to come up with. I mean, honestly, who gives a shit what reason they come let up me, with? I, I, let me ask you another question, and, and this might be a good way to kind of resolve the whole, th- or not resolve the whole thing, but just a last stone on to turn over. Um, what about the veneer? Like, we do have this this sense and you've really you've done a great job of convincing me that the the courts are, are ultimately a political arm well the supreme court is that, that yeah, they're, i that think so it's just elected in a different way mm-hmm. um and so and and we hear from these congressmen that you know elections have consequences you know we've heard that how many times so you know that, that all rings true and it seems to me that that's them sort of acknowledging the force of your argument but don't we have like a little bit of a veneer of the judicial branch, you know, like the ideal blind justice, oh, the sure. judicial branch yeah. kind of... Um, um, like Clarence Thomas. <laughs> I think of <laughs> at least pure blind justice. Trying to... I mean, let's, let's take a look at, just really briefly, um, so Obamacare went up in front of the Supreme Court, right? And Roberts decided... You know, despite the fact that you know, on paper, politically, you think he would vote. You would think right. he would vote against, and he actually upheld mm-hmm. right. Obamacare, the principles behind Obamacare. Right, right, right. Isn't that? Doesn't that suggest that there's at least a little bit of a veneer no. of impartiality? No. So, what do you think? Does I think How that's. I think it? that's a man who's who's petrified of the obvious problems with a five to four decision overturning the major legislative achievement of Obama. In terms of the impact on his own power and the power of the court. The major That's legislative achievement about. of the last 40 years, well, maybe. Oh, God, Jesus. God, and it, 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 it ain't that great. anybody's ever passed. Yeah, it ain't that great. <laughs> but anyway, I, I genuinely believe that, that, that Roberts, especially as the chief justice, is, yeah. is, people talk about, oh, he's painfully aware of the, of the, the reputation of the court. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, the status of the court in American life. No, no. He's painfully aware of his own fucking power. And, and he does not want the court's power in society diminished. And so, just like... But any how, other, how could it be diminished? Because, because it's life... Because he's got political... Well, okay, because hang on, I'm getting there, right? And that gets to what we were just talking yeah, about. Because yeah. 
just like any other political position, you do have a certain finite amount of, of political capital to spend. Yeah. You know, how many five to four decisions can you trot out before suddenly people start... No, an infinite no I disagree. I disagree. And, and FDR is, is my point, right? Because you had a court that was fundamentally operating overwhelmingly against the express interest of the American people in the form of elections to Senate, President, or, or Congress and the President over and over and over again. To the point where FDR finally, in essence, in my opinion, called their bluff and said, all right, you guys want to keep trying to screw me? I'm going to screw you back. I'm going to take away some of your power. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call you guys. And the response was, oh, shit. Right? Well, we, we'd rather, we have a choice. We can either dial our own, our own attitude back or we can have it done for us. It's much better to do it for ourselves and have it have the appearance of the Supreme Court deciding to reevaluate its own jurisprudence rather than having the president basically tell them, guess what, guys, you're screwed. Yeah, right? but that was in America that had 30% unemployment. You know, our under, unemployment's under four right I now. Know, I, I they know, can go well, yeah. five, four decisions for I the next three years I, and nobody well, would well, care. Well, maybe they can, but I, I think that maybe you're right. And, but, and that's the thing. I don't think Roberts... But is he a, didn't. Yes, but at that point... Obama was still president. The is Roberts the great statesman of our time? Is what I'm <laughs> well, you know, there are lots of liberals out there now hanging their hat on, on Roberts. That he's going to be the new swing vote, right? Really? He's gonna, oh, yeah. yeah. That he's yeah. going to be the guy. I haven't read that. Oh, yeah, because he's concerned about the appearance yeah. of the court and the future yeah. of the court and its, its legitimacy. And so he's not going to want five, four decisions and, you mm. know, da, 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 da. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. Certainly the, the Obamacare thing is, yeah. the, is the, where they hang their hat on. Um, but to me, I think that was purely about... How much can you push before the court's legitimacy is lost? And I mm. think he's aware enough of that. Again, not because he's worried about the court's legitimacy, but he's worried about his own power and influence. And I think that um, there is a limit. Now, it's, it's, not, it's not a really small limit. I mean, I think they can push really damn far. But, I, I mean, for whatever reason, I think Roberts decided in that case that was just a little too much. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my guess. I, I don't yeah, know. Let me give you a for instance, and then we we got to bring this to a close. The the uh, let's say uh, right now it feels like uh, the whole gay marriage thing has been decided. Yeah, I don't think they're going to revisit that. But let's say they do. Right. Um, what's to stop them from a five to four vote around some aspect of that issue? Theoretically, nothing. So. But but again, I say theoretically. But, but you don't because they look. They are aware. They they the, the justices are aware that it is within the potential pot power of a future Democratic Congress and president to expand the size of the court. I don't know if they're really. I don't know if they it was. It's not even a historically unprecedented. Right. It is right. But I don't. I don't there know are people if that's talking about it already. If it were McConnell running the Democratic Party, he'd be talking about it already, yeah. and he'd be talking about it already as a way of constraining the court, basically saying to them, okay, you got your, again, if the shoe's under the foot, you got your 5-4 liberal majority, watch how you use it. Right. Because if you fucking go further than I'm willing to tolerate, when I get my hands on the powers of, levers of power again, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And the fact well, it is, does I don't seem to be one-upmanship so far with the well, filibuster and then exactly. what, what and Graham so, said. And but so the so problem on. is that the Democrats are going to be the unilateral disarmament here, and they're going to you know, argue, well, we don't behave by these kinds of undemocratic norms. They're just going to keep getting shit all over and losing every fight. Now, of course, the danger is if they do end up having to expand the size of the court, and then one day the Republicans take back control, they're just going to do the same thing, right? And where does it end? But that hasn't stopped McConnell. 
Right? He wasn't worried about blocking Garland because the same argument could have been made. Well, what happens when the Democrats control the Senate and they don't want to let somebody through? McConnell didn't lose any fucking sleep about that. Right. He was like, oh, no, what am I going to do when Chuck Schumer wants to do He's like, fuck that. I'm keeping Garland off the court. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't think you can worry about those three steps down the road kind of thing. And like I said, I'm convinced that you play the, you play the cards right, that, um, that certainly Roberts will be worried enough worried enough about the possibility of an expanded court if he thinks that's real. But the Democrats have to be willing to make that threat and have to be believable. If they're not, then there's really nothing to constrain them. Yeah. Nothing. But I, I don't see where they've met that, made that threat real and you still manage to preserve Obamacare. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, and that's... there and so are... perhaps there is a little bit... Perhaps Brett Kavanaugh will become this remarkable force... Well, or even-handed <laughs> you know, jurisprudence. I've sent you links before to articles written by Charles Pierce at Esquire, who is, who yes. is brilliant. If I, if I had time, I would, I would pull up what he wrote today about this. But Susan Collins basically said something along the lines of what you just said, that, that she's convinced in conversations with Brett Kavanaugh that he's going to be a moderate, temperate, thoughtful man who is simply going to take cases on their merits and decide them with impartiality and a pureness of spirit matched only by, I don't know, St. Thomas Aquinas. And <laughs> to which Charles Pierce said, you know, I hope every morning to find my shoes filled up with gold, <laughs> but counting on leprechauns doesn't seem to be a really wise uh, way to plan my financial future. Brilliant to take the Irish uh, myth there with well, the Kavanaugh's. And well, he himself, he himself is Irish, Charles Pierce. No, so, good. You know, he's, Very good, yeah. Very yeah, good. hence the... So I don't know. That's my take on it. I, I feel like we've covered uh, more than what any normal human would want to cover in connection with this story. And so yeah, and, that's probably true. I think we bring it to conclusion and then we look forward to next week. Uh, well, we got to figure out what the, the topic will be. Oh, I'm sure. There'll be 8,000 things happening now yeah, next no, week. No, we brought up about most of them during this conversation. I thought secession was our next week's topic. <laughs> no, secession will be after the midterm election because I oh, think God. we'll be ready. Yeah, they're not going to. They'll never let us go. And I, I, we we got to talk about uh, schools. I, I want you know JB Pritzker. I'm ready to, to, to. Nobody outside Illinois cares about JB Pritzker. To, well, I, I think we ought to, yeah. because I think he stands for the kind of um, the the co-opted thing that I was trying to talk about before. I think the, yeah, the rich right. taking over the party, and therefore you're you're absolutely not moving towards any kind of change. Um, and, uh, you know, the effect of Obama's presidency within that context. Mm -hmm. You remember when we elected Obama, we elected a community organizer. We did. The and, Republicans talked about it constantly. Yeah. It was like he had been a former, I don't know, what's the most disgusting thing? In, well, for Republicans, it's community organizer. <laughs> community organizer, that's right. And then he brought in every rich person he possibly could. Yeah, like, he uh, sure did. Cabinet. But anyway, yeah. um, and so the irony of that, obviously, would be part of that conversation. So anyway, all right, that was fun. Yeah, for us. I don't know about for them. Yeah. All right. Salute. All right. We'll see you next. Well, they'll hear us. You can't really see us. Yeah. No, next Thank time. God. <laughs> Face for radio. Face for podcast. Yeah. Is that what <laughs> this is? <laughs> what is I don't know what it is. Yeah. We're drinking in a suburban basement. Podcast. And talking. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. All right. Bye.